Illusionoid. In your time, Mark Hershon celebrates 100 podcasts. But in my time, his podcast is a blight. Nearing 8 billion recordings. Stop! Make it stop! Congratulations on 100 episodes of Succotash from your friends at Illusionoid. We look forward to hearing more from you in the future. From Studio P in Sausalito, the home of the hit, it's time for... Succotash. The number one award-seeking comedy podcast about comedy... Podcast. And here's your host, internationally recognized comedy podcast podcaster, Mark Hershaw. Yes, it's me, Mark Hershaw, and welcome to Epi 100. That's right, wow. one, yes, 100 episodes wow. of this goddamn podcast, <laughs> Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast. Uh, I am Mark Hershaw, and I am here with our uh, our producer, and engineer Joe Paulino. Hi, folks. Hi. It's great to be here, Mark. Mark, congratulations. Thank really you very think, much, uh, Joe. It's, it, when, when we first started doing uh, Succotash and when you came up with the idea, I, I said, uh, I know nothing about comedy. I know nothing about podcasts. And I can honestly say I still don't. <laughs> <laughs> but, but what you've done and, and, what you, and who you are in the podcast community and, 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 the, and the comedy community, you are, you are the uniter, I, I think. I like uh, to think so. I mean, it's kind of funny. We've had, you know, podcast clips from, you know, all over the world, really. And, uh, indeed, I yes. really do count friends of mine now from Australia and, sure. and England. Great Britain, right, yeah. Uh, Ireland, Canada. Wow. Uh, and even the United States, people still like me in the United States. Do you think that that what people find funny is sort of globally true, or or, or are there, oh, this is British humor, or this is Australian humor, or this is in some West regards, Coast humor? It really depends what it is. I mean, there's, I think there's there's been sort of a crossing of the divide with pop culture. Okay. There's so much. I mean, if you like Star Wars in the United States, generally you're going to like Star Wars in England. It's and these people have something in common. There's they're Star Wars. Yes, geeks. yes. But you know, there, I mean, there are clips I'll play of of shows in England. That there's a, a panel show mm. uh, that I play that I don't know that the American sense of humor and wit even understands what they're talking about. Oh, you know, a lot okay. of a lot sure. of it's very oriented towards what's happening in England. Yeah. Um, and so there's a there's still that divide there where they just there's cultural differences. Well, as I say, you know, uh, uh, people separated by a common language. Yes, very <laughs> much so. Right, very yeah. much so. And there's there's plenty of podcasts out there that uh, I've clipped for this show and I've listened for this show that I don't find particularly funny. I mean, you know, we focus on comedy podcasts, and mm -hmm. somebody will say, "Hey, give my show a listen." We'll give it a listen. We'll even play it. Yeah. Uh, because comedy is subjective. Sure. They may have a lot of downloads and a lot of listeners, so somebody likes them. Are you following uh, the downloads of the people that you promote on Psychotash? Uh, not really. It's not kind of uh, sort of within my bailiwick to kind okay. of even follow their numbers. I, sure. I can't do it. You know, okay. we, we were for a long time this past year running um, – the uh, the shows on Stitcher that were moving the most up and down the the Hot 100 sure. list that they have, but yeah. uh, a few months ago they stopped kind of 
publishing those numbers for some reason. They, maybe they're back doing it, but uh, mm-hmm. I decided to kind of stop doing that feature. But uh, for a while, you kind of see – you'd see somebody kind of come out of left field like when um, Gilbert Gottfried – yeah, uh, debuted his show. All of a sudden, it just shot right to the top of the charts. Well, he's Gilbert Gottfried. He's Gilbert Gottfried. Um, Where so, did this happen in relationship to uh, uh, the too soon uh, debacle? <laughs> I don't even call it a debacle. The too soon experience. I know that that led to him losing his Affleck <sighs> account. I didn't want to go there, but yeah, that's yeah, all right. Sadly, he talks yeah. about it. I'm sure he does. Yeah. Um, uh, did it? Was this a, a response to, to losing the no, Affleck? He already had it going? No, no, no. This is very new. I mean, okay. that that was several years ago, and this his podcast just broke this year. Okay. Um, and it's uh, the Amazing Colossal Podcast. Okay. And uh, it's just him really talking to a lot of old people, it seems. Uh, mm. Larry Storch. Oh, wow. Was one of his guests, yeah. Dick Cavett. Okay, um, so he's got people that are you know fairly long of tooth. All right, uh, that he likes, that he just finds Larry amazing. Storch was amazing, and in he his was time. he was sharp as a tack. He's ninety two years old. He does he stands wow. on his head for ten minutes a day. Huh. And oftentimes, if the weather is good, I'm recalling this. I don't know if it's true um, in, in terms of what he said, but I think he said this. That when the weather is good, he lives right in New York near Central Park. He will take his, I think, a saxophone that he plays, and he'll go out for two hours and just play a saxophone out in Central Park. I, I bet that really does contribute to his longevity because, you know, breath being, uh, you know, the life breath. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good point. You know, I That's, mean, the, the more deeply you breathe, uh, you know, the more oxygen you're getting into the brain. So maybe that point. is something yeah. that, that contributes to his presence. I remember seeing Larry Storch in San Francisco when he was doing, uh, I think he was in Breaking Legs. Okay. The touring version of that. And uh, I saw him uh, at a restaurant that we were eating at and I got the opportunity to say, um, Man, I've, I've always found you extremely entertaining. I love DNF Troop. I hope you're having a good life. I can't wait to see you on stage tonight. You know, That's great. Uh, <laughs> I assume he was friendly. Uh, he said, could I have my check, please? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Mark, I, I wanted to ask you, yes. um, what, what have you learned about what goes into a good podcast over these hundred episodes? I mean, you've heard so many. You've made so many. I have. What, yeah. what have you gotten out of this experience? Um that's a good question. I, uh, you know, for a while I was debating whether to continue doing it because it does take a lot of effort. It is a time suck. Um, uh, Tyson Saner stepped uh, stepped into the f- into the fray for me. And, Thank you, Tyson. Uh, Thank yeah, you. he's our associate producer, yeah. and uh, he will clip anything I ask him to clip. But he'll also send me a half a dozen clips that he found. So he's kind of scouring the internet constantly, wow, constantly. Okay. So uh, couldn't have done it without Tyson. Um, but I've learned things that I don't even do on this show that I think I think in season two we will do more of. One is consistency. Yeah. Yeah. Dropping on a, the consistent date uh, day every week or every two weeks. Whenever you wow. drop, uh, okay. it really does build your numbers and people come to expect it. Okay. Uh, we're so scattershot with uh, the way we've been reducing uh, – the way I've been – putting Sakatash out there is sure. it's very difficult to build a consistent listenership. When they don't know that what's coming. That's right. And when it's coming. When it's going to come out. Yeah. Um, and again, just it sort of reiterated the idea that uh, comedy really is subjective. So wow. I've, you know, I've had people, uh, listeners to another show. Um, uh, well, you remember we had uh, Phil Larness here in the studio. Yes. From uh, the Chill Pack Hollywood Hour. Yes. One of his listeners uh Gave us a kind of a bum review on iTunes, really, because she listened to she heard a clip of our show on his show or their show, he and Dean Agnew, right. and then so she was interested and she went, but there was too much swearing for her. 
Yeah, but that's what people are going to send in. I don't think that. Well, that's that the thing. I mean, we, we don't swear we don't swear that much on Succotash, right? But you know, we'll play clips of people doing it and sure. say, "Hey, if you don't like swearing, don't go listen to the show." Yeah. But why are you dinging us for warning you? Yeah. That it's out there. So, well, I think a lot of that, as you say, is cultural. I remember when Bill sat in on uh, uh, Davy and Dent's show. Mm. He was kind of surprised at at you know like they're, they're saying like you know. Good morning, you ball lickers, or, or whatever, and, and it's like you know this is how they greet their parents. Or, I mean, the, the, the Brits really kind of do um, use descriptive foul language yes. um, with impunity and, and 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 delight in it, and and it's kind of like this is how we, how we greet our friends in, in Great Britain. Whereas yeah. in in America, maybe we lead up to it more. We get to know each other before they call them fuckface. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> So, great moments. What do you what do you remember over the last hundred episodes? Um, well, I remember you know when we had we had Dana Carvey mm. in the studio. We, he, yeah. he's been on the show several times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in fact, we've got some. Uh, he's some, a very generous performer. He is, and we have some uh, very nice congratulatory performer. message from him in the show coming Good. up. Yeah. Um, I remember uh, the rece- reception that I've been given at the the past three Los Angeles podcast festivals, which ah. is although I've not been asked to officially do anything, um, I've you know courteously been given space down there, and everybody's happy to be interviewed because they call you the pod the podfather. Father. Yes, podfather. that has That's been very good. That's good. That has been bandied about. Yeah. I, and I was asked to speak on a panel here and there, just unofficially, which okay. was very nice. Yeah. Um, so that's nice. Um, I think people are surprised when I, you know, do a remote interview with somebody and pop out just the most minuscule equipment uh-huh. whatsoever. They're so used to seeing somebody with microphones <laughs> and cables and all this stuff, and I bring out these tiny microphones Isn't that are that attached amazing? to my phone, and just they go, "Are we on? Are we?" Yeah, recording? the, the and, technology has really evolved. Yeah. I, I'd like to share with you uh, probably my favorite moment. Oh, that'd be great. Uh, when yeah. I was working, uh, when I worked on uh, Sagatash, was hearing. The interview excerpts with Jonathan Winters. Oh, yes. Um, I mean, here is a man who was kind of speaking his last breaths in, in many ways because he died not long after uh, some of those interviews. That's I right. Think. Rick, Rick Overton did Rick, the very last interview yeah. with him. Yeah. And I was so touched by how engaged he was and how encouraging he was and how curious he was and how passionate he was. Mm. And, you know, keep looking, keep laughing, keep digging, keep asking. Keep, and, and that spirit, I mean, I, I can't look at Jonathan Winters without thinking in terms of Robin Williams and, and, and mm. what – and that's another whole conversation. But I look at Jonathan Winters as a man who, however he managed to do it, he outlived his demons and the last one – he rode off into the sunset. That's a good way to atop. <laughs> and and you know, uh, I, I I try to be funny myself in my own way, and sometimes that leads me into dark corners and dark places. And I always hold up the spirit of what I remember mm. uh, of what Jonathan Winters was talking about and what he was saying, and and in, in reflecting on his own life. And I think that's what I want to do. I want to outlive my demons. That's a good one. Yeah. And I so honor that. And, and hearing him and what he had to say was, um, I felt privileged to just, you know, to just hear it. Yeah, it's funny. I was actually uh, 
Bill came to mind when I was listening to that interview because <laughs> his he he starts out telling the story of how he got started because he he was in a radio station. Yes, that's right. And it was some station in Iowa, I think, or Ohio, right. or and he had to do those of, interviews. And, and he, he, I mean, he 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 was told to do just time and temperature. Yes, and he would interview people that he would just make up their voices. Yes, and have that's these right. Interviews and that's the station right. manager would get so upset. Yeah. Well, Bill has gotten fired a lot, and, 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 and working with Bill, I mean, I realize that what I have to do with Bill is, one, uh, I've got to put plastic on the floor. Good idea. Yeah. Uh, because things get sloppy. And, and if I just, if I let him be himself, then, then he kind of reigns himself in. If I, if I give him a sense that there are constraints, he will rebel against them. Oh. And if I just say... Oh, Bill, go ahead. It's all right. You know, as long as she signed the waiver, everything is fine. And and then, and then, and and we we actually have kind of gotten a decent working relationship. That's nice. After all this time, that. yeah. yeah. Um, and I want to thank you because uh, we did start these shows uh, exclusively in Studio P. Yeah. Um, we really kind of kind of nailed down the the workflow. Yeah. And the sound to yeah. a large degree here. Um, and then as things do, you got busy, I got yeah. busy, and we kind of figured out a way to do this so I could do a lot of the construction of the show. I think that was important. Myself. Yeah, I think was that nice. was very important because you recognized the importance of, of getting these shows out regularly, and, um, and it's your show. <laughs> yeah, but it was just, I, I mean, it, you know, you really did lead the way in terms of how should this sound and what do we do, yeah. and uh, it's just kind of funny that... Uh, I uh, some some cold cold evenings I regret recording this in Studio F, oh. the front seat of my Fiat. <laughs> <laughs> well, Studio P is uh, is here for you, like it is now. Absolutely, but, uh, we, absolutely. I don't know if you listeners know or care, but Mark Hershon and I go way way back, and the opportunity to uh, sit in front of a microphone with him again is uh, a real pleasure. Uh, I I salute your commitment. To the com- to the comedic process, uh, and uh, and you you do not hesitate to one make me laugh, two uh, give me every opportunity to embarrass myself. Uh, you give Bill every opportunity to embarrass himself. You you are the epit- you epitome you epitomize you epitomize the that that yes and uh, uh, ethic. You know, ah, yes, in, the in improv comedy. is bred. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Right, well, Joe, thanks again for uh, for the first hundred episodes, and uh, let's continue on. Thanks, Congratulations. Thank you. All right. Hi, I'm Dana Carvey. I'm just being myself right now. I've been on Succotash many, many times and always enjoyed it for the most part, except for, well, you know. Congratulations to Mark Hershon and Succotash on reaching their hundredth episode. Wait a minute. Does anything separate Mark Hershon and Succotash? Is Succotash Mark Hershon? Is Mark Hershon Succotash? Interesting. Really interesting. <laughs> so, my original plan was to do the first live Succotash show for Epi 100. But the occasion was dovetailing with my wife and I making a move to a new place and me making a move to a new job, so I was also afraid that the thing would turn out to be not quite so tremendous an extravaganza as I was picturing in my mind. Instead, I planned a trip back to Studio P to visit with our engineer-producer, Joe Polino. As you heard us discussing, Succotash has gone beyond having to rely on Joe to cobble together my nonsense, but he is still my rock and my inspiration. Plus, he puts together some great stuff for our show all the time. 
Coming up on this Epi 100, our final show of Succotash Season 1, we finally have a new Boozin' with Bill segment, wherein our booth announcer Bill Haywatt teaches me and you how to whip up a special concoction in honor of our centennial sode of Succotash. Embarrassingly, it's called Up the Hershon Highway. Our sponsor, Henderson's Pants, has created a new pantaloon specifically in honor of our 100th episode. We have a double dose of Durst with our burst o durst We've got some clips, as per usual, none of which have anything to do with our 100th episode milestone. Oh, and we'll dip into the tweet sack this episode as well. We have a pile of congratulatory messages to get to. Thanks so much to those of you who took time out to send those along, either called into the Succotash hotline or sent in directly to us, and I will play those throughout the show, including this touching message from our own associate producer, Tyson Saner. Greetings, Succotash listeners. I came to this program as a listener myself. Succotash was well underway when I first began submitting clips from podcasts I was and still am a listener of. I still listen to many podcasts regularly and even contribute my time and energy to them in various ways that I will not list here. Originally, I was going to submit a segment about, quote, podcasts that did not make it to 100 episodes for one reason or another, end quote, which is a bulky title, I admit. Once I began considering which defunct podcast would make this list, another idea began shouldering out my previous one, and that has formed the basis of this segment you're listening to now. What does 100 episodes really mean? If the podcast is an hour long and you laid each of them end-to-end as a theoretical equation, you would have about four days and four hours of audio in total. If those podcasts are released bi-monthly, that takes about four years to make. If it's a weekly release, that becomes just under two years for 100 episodes to make it to the ears of the public. Some podcasts that have been featured on Succotash release two to three episodes per week, and for a couple of specific ones, that includes episodes that stretch to two and three hours each. Those podcasts had long cleared the 100-episode mark, and if they had indeed been making releases two to three times a week from the beginning, that's 100 episodes in less than a year. What does that all really add up to? Time. It's time that people have taken from their lives gladly to provide free entertainment that you can enjoy whenever it's convenient for you. Many, or at this point in history most, podcasters make your fruit for the love of the medium and often put extra production into the equation that never makes it to your ears, so... For the listener, it's essentially not happening. It's it's not a thing, not a thought or consideration, and for the most part, it makes podcasting something that for the majority of folks does not add a single penny of revenue to their lives. That's why podcasters seek sponsors, or failing that, donations from listeners either direct or in the form of a subscription model that's between the podcaster and their audience. It's like those PBS telethons or pledge drives that happen yearly to ensure that public television continues to be a thing. It's why if you watch Sesame Street or or Mystery or any of those programs, they say thanks to those who, quote, provide funding or grants. And most importantly, viewers like you. Podcasts survive as a medium because people like to hear themselves talk. And if listeners like you also enjoy hearing those particular voices and wish to continue to do so, consider subscribing to your favorite podcast as a means of steady donation. We as podcasters appreciate it more than you'll likely ever know. In closing, congratulations on reaching your 100th episode, Mark Hershon, and here's to 100 more episodes and a better future. Cheers. Sincerely, Tyson F. Saner at REVT23 on Twitter. Our raging moderate and comedian Will Durst checks in with this first of two Burso Durst for this show. Firstly, he goes off on the Senate torture hearings. 
Hey guys, Will Durst here with a few choice words about the recently released Senate Intelligence Committee torture report. Turns out the CIA lied to the press and the public and to Congress about the extent and effectiveness of its torture campaign. And the most amazing part is everybody is surprised. Yes, of course the CIA lied. That's what they do. Lying and cheating and stealing are its total job description. Look at their listing on the Civil Service Careers website. Fluid interpretation of morality required. That's why when old CIA guys retire, they usually get work as oil industry lobbyists or Hollywood publicists. What's the next big revelation? Fire is hot? The New York Philharmonic is musically inclined? Shia LaBeouf is bug-suck crazy? Scorpions make lousy preschool pets? One thing you gotta give the CIA, they love their euphemisms. Torture is called enhanced interrogation techniques, and mustard gas is a really strong antihistamine, and lying is imprecise representation. That's what current CIA chief John Brennan said happened. He went on to stress that congressional oversight is crucial. Must be the reason he authorized the recent spying of Congress, to make sure they were doing their job of properly supervising the CIA. And reliable sources contend that's why Diane Feinstein went to great lengths to make sure this report was released before her chairmanship wraps up in January. Spying on Americans is one thing. Spying on Congress, now them's fighting words. You know who we should trust in this issue? The guy with experience, John McCain. He says torture doesn't work. Short term, because people will tell you whatever they think you want to hear to make it stop. And long term, because it blurs the distinction between the good guys, which is supposed to be us, and the bad guys, which is supposed to be them. And here's an easy way to remember the difference. Snowboarding, good guys. Waterboarding, bad guys. You can find Will Durst on the web at willdurst.com. He's also on Twitter, at Will Durst, and later on, we'll have a second segment at the end of this show. Durst also has his big, fat, year-end kiss-off comedy show, kicking off the day after Christmas through January 3rd, nine cities, six comics, and as they say, tons of holiday fun. All the info is up on their big, fat, year-end kiss-off comedy show page on Facebook, and there's a link to that up on the blog for this episode at SuccotashShow.com, so check it out. Hi, everybody. This is comedian Mark Pitta wishing Suckatash happy 100th episode. My favorite was the one about me. Our friends in podcasting, Dean Haglin and Phil Lernis of the Chill Pack Hollywood Hour, have been doing a series of pre-recorded shows, and as usual when that happens, there are not a lot of Suckatash mentions for us to replay on this show. This week, however, I was delighted to hear the following. But I am really excited about this because this is our last opportunity for a few weeks then to do what I think we do best, which is to make sense of a world often gone wild and to do so through the prism of how that world is being depicted by the media, by show business. Got it. And uh, boy, I do not recall a time. In certainly recent memory, and maybe in the years we've been doing this show, where the most important story affecting the world entered the consciousness entirely 
through show business. Right. I don't know when that's ever happened either. I, of course, speak of the 100th episode of Succotash. <laughs> Succotash! Which is indeed finally completing its first season. Wow. It only 100 episodes. Absolutely. Congratulations, and, uh, So we Mark. salute the uh, Succotash team. Yay! We look forward to the big changes, I believe, that are coming with uh, season two of Succotash. New microphones? Well, he revealed, I think it was at our party cast, oh, the yes. Chill Pack Hollywood Hour episode, <laughs> uh, party cast at uh, Bottle Rock in uh, downtown Los Angeles. Yep. Uh, Mark revealed that uh, season two of Succotash, he might be splitting up the show into two different shows. Sacco and Tash? <laughs> those, weren't those the... Uh, Oh, I'm thinking Sacco Vanzetti. Excuse me. <laughs> no, no, that's my gene brand. Um, but uh, Succotash, two different versions of Succotash, one with clips of comedy podcasts right. and the other with interviews, oh. uh, often featuring important comics who have podcasts. Right. Uh, so it will be uh, no longer two great tastes in one. It's it two. will be two separate shows altogether. Another big change that I am excited about, though, as you know, uh, I acknowledge that I'm not a big Doctor Who fan, <laughs> yes. but I do love that apparently, if what I read is true, season two of Succotash is going to introduce a new Mark Hershon played by David Tennant. Wow. So that is really going to be good. exciting. I want to see how they put uh, that into the show. Also in the news. So anyway, uh, salute. We salute at this holiday season our friend in podcasting, uh, Mr. Mark Hershon. Hooray! I, I drink Wait, to him. There's a clink That's to the a- glass. Yay! I think if you could see us, you would know we're drinking (laughs) Beyonce. That's right. They care. They really care. Thanks, boys. By the way, their show with guest Suli McCullough last week was dynamite. Touched on race and racism, both in and out of the Hollywood system, yet was also hilarious at times. So check it and them out at chillpackhollywood.com. Hey, Mark. It's Davian Dent here. That's right. Davian Dent from The Bitter Sound. TheBitterSound.com, in fact. Hey, just wanting to wish you a very happy 100 episodes. And I uh, really do hope that I'll be uh, pimping myself out further on your show sometime soon. Um, did I say TheBitterSounds.com? Available on Stitcher and iTunes? Well, just in case I didn't, um, there I did. Um, I'm going to go and take some piano cakes now. Bye! Thanks, Davian. Love that guy, his liquor cabinet, and his medicine chest. Someone else that took time out of their busy show to say howdy to us and wish us a happy, merry 100th episode was Matt Knudsen, he of the Grabbing Lunch podcast. We just clipped his show last episode, and I reviewed it for both Split Cider and HuffPo, and yet here he is again mentioning good old us. As I'm recording this, it is Thanksgiving weekend, 2014. Uh, I think we all have a lot to be grateful for. Um, this is episode 53, as I said. Uh, episode 52 uh, was Helen Slater and Rob Watsky. It was my one-year anniversary. And uh like to give a quick shout-out and thank you to Mark Hershon, who was kind enough to write up the... Grabbing Lunch podcast in the Huffington Post. 
and Split Ciders. So uh, Mark is celebrating his 100th anniversary of his podcast, The Succotash Show. So find him and support him at Succotash Show on Twitter. He basically does a show that's a, um, a potpourri of podcasts, does a little tidbits of uh, of a bunch of different shows every week. Uh, and it's really funny, and it's uh, bite-sized, and Mark's a great guy. So find Succotash Show, and congratulations, Mark, on your 100th episode. Friend of Succotash, Megan M., recently made her first year as a podcaster, clearing Epi 26 of her own Screams and Moans podcast. Also known as at Podcast Whore on Twitter, she's been a big supporter of Succotash, and we're glad to see her interest in the medium has turned into an avocation. Congrats, Megan, and here's a clip from your Epi 26, The Awards Show. And this is from her first place award to the Most Drunken Listener Award. And since we're on the topic of drunkenness... The most frequent drunken listener answer submissions goes to Tony High from Salty Language Pod. An award-winning drinker. That's something I can add to my resume. Uh, It is one of my favorite pastimes. I don't get sloppy drunk that often, but when I do, I enjoy calling podcasts. Yours is the top of the list, Megan. I always tend to throw one your way. Um, So, yeah, I appreciate the the fact that I've been... uh, I'm the most drunkest listener, or what have you. Uh, thanks for the lovely show. You've introduced me to plenty of funny podcasters and awful movies, or reminded me of movies. Or Yeah, it's been fun, and I really do appreciate you having me on however many months ago, although I'll, besides these random voice messages that I don't ever remember leaving, except this one, uh, I need to be back. Enjoy more of Megan and her guests over at ScreamsAndMoans.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever fine podcasts can be found. Hello, my name's Paul McCartney. I want to congratulate Mark Hirshon and Succotas on reaching their 100th episode. When I went on the show, I said, you'll never reach 100 episodes. It's really bloody impossible. And here we are, though. 100. 100. 100 shows. That is some accomplishment. On behalf of everybody over at Utterball.com, I would like to wish Succotash just a fantastic, big congratulations. A well done, and uh, here's to 100 more. Congratulations, guys. We're drinking to you. At long last, and just in time for the 100th show, we managed to get our announcer Bill Haywatt upright and at the Studio P Wet Bar for a long-awaited installment in the segment we like to call... Boozing with Bill! Mark Hershon, I salute you. Thank you, Bill. I salute you for the completion... Of the first season of uh, Succotash. Yes. I think it's a grand and glorious thing. You know, I want to tell you, I've, I've worked for you longer than anyone. I, I mean, this is the longest gig I've had. I've never done 100 episodes of anything. <laughs> I tell you, Mark, you've, you, are, you are on your own road to success. It's pure genius. Thank you, Bill. I, and we couldn't have done it without you, I have to say. Oh, well. As our announcer, I'm glad you didn't do it without me. Uh, I would be at home alone just watching internet pornography, and that's no fun at all. Uh, 
Uh, and Gave horse, me something to do with my hands there. <laughs> and Henderson's pants. Henderson, has, has, old man Henderson. Yes. I'm, I'm farting through silk thanks to <laughs> old man Henderson. He's he's an interesting man. He is indeed. He gives he out indeed. silk underwear on account of the holidays. Bill, thank you. Yeah. I, it's it's a pleasure to have reached a hundred episodes. Yes, uh, season one is honor. now complete. Oh, and I'm looking forward to see how we're seeing it off with uh, today's libation. Oh well, I've got a, a libation that is in your honor. Oh, and and it's it starts off. With, uh, well, we're going to put ice in the can. We've got my That's mixer thing said. here. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to let this piece, we're going to let the ice do its magic right mm. in there. We're going to let the ice do its thing. You're cooling things down. You got that? Fantastic. Yeah, nice. Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to start off, excuse me. Yes, of course. We're going to start off. And this is uh, an interesting beverage, uh, and I'll tell you the name of it in a moment. We start off with imported Guinness Extra Stout, Ooh. traditionally brewed, and we're going to uh, put it in a tall glass, right here. Ooh, a little bit for you. That. Oh, that looks good. You know, it looks rich and chocolatey. Yes, it does. And that leads me to my next point. So we're going to pour halvesies and halvesies here. Let me, let me ask you, Bill. I don't want to interrupt you in the right, stream right. here, but um, we haven't been we haven't done a Boozing with Bill episode or yes. segment for a while. Uh -huh. What have you been doing at the wet bar all this time? Oh well, I've been perfecting it. I <sighs> like it wet. I like it when it's wet. Of course you I, do. I've been making it, and I so you know just just kind of talking to myself, perfecting my art. I've been watching uh, the King's Speech. Okay. That first part where the guy's going. Try to do it with ice cubes in my mouth. It's really messy. Okay, so well, we've got these two things of, of Guinness in there. Yes. We're going to let that sit there. Now, here's a drink, and and we're going to get the the the, the thing for it. I call this drink in your honor. You have made your own road yes. to success, the Hershon Highway, oh, and I call this drink up. Hershon <laughs> Highway, nice. and and in your wow, honor, that's quite a tribute, yes, that's Bill. right. That's that's it's all for you, man. Thank and, you. And uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to use Hershey's ah. Hershey's chocolate drink. I was going to use the syrup, but it's too much work to stir the damn oh, thing in. Of course. I'm going to get some machine that's already stirred this thing up, nice. and and uh, we're going to pour in into the the mixer now that it's been working here. Okay, we're very careful. Yes, up without a Hershon's Highway. We are going to be pouring in some of the oh, there it goes. chocolate drink yes. in here. They don't dare call good. it chocolate milk at this no, point. No, it's chocolate drink. And not only it's good for you, it's 99% fat-free huh. and 99.9% .9 caffeine-free. No kidding. So it's good for you. It's good for it's you. It's good for you. So we're going to pour in the chocolate drink... And then we're going to add uh, a jigger of Bailey's Irish cream. And we're going to add that right here. A little Irish cream. Just watch me now. Watch me. Yes, there you go. Okay. Yeah, we're going to pour that in there. Ooh, we're, I'm drinking for two. very creamy. Nice. Yeah, it's supposed to. It's supposed to be. Okay. Then after that, uh, oh, yes. I got this line from a friend of mine. Her name is Diana Di Costanzo. She said, 
Jameson will tuck me in. Okay. And that's a reference to the Irish whiskey. So into this, we're also going to add a shot of Jameson Irish whiskey. Huh. I did got the little airline yes, bottle. I'm too cheap. There's no budget. Joe I, wouldn't go out and buy me a full I bottle. Prefer to think so of he bought as, me the little... I prefer uh, to think of that as uh, Bill Haywatt portion control. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> All right. Now then... Uh, we're going to put the Jameson in. Oh, yes. That's good. That's yes. good. Yes. Well go for it. Okay, and then uh, we're going to get that, and it's all been in there with the ice. Yes, yeah, getting chilly. Yes, yeah, getting chilly. Now we're going to shake it up. Oh, yes, the nectar, the nectar. Oh, yes. Okay, now, oh, here we go. Mm. Now we got to get the strainer, because we don't want the ice in the drink. In the drink. No. Okay, right. so a little bit for you. And that goes in with the Guinness. It goes in with the Guinness. You don't want to shake it with the Guinness. So again, we've got... Uh oh, it's growing. Oh, shit. No, it won't, it won't, right. it won't right. destroy itself. So we've got Guinness. Yes. We've got... I'll walk you through right. it in a good. minute. Good, good. Okay, it's kind of like a milkshake. There we go. Now, you all right? Yes, yes. Okay. Just a, no. Suppressing a sneeze. I want to go for it. Then the last trick... Just get a little eyedropper of uh, triple sec. Oh, so okay. I just put a little bit of the, oh, so just a little bit. Of, well, it's already done. A little it's like touches. just on top, yes. And there it is. Okay. Yeah. And this is called hmm, Up Hirsch on Highway. Wow, I have to say, I think. Up Hirsch on Highway, ice in the can, then <laughs> Guinness into the glass, and into the mixer you put. Uh, Hershey's drink, mm -hmm. a jigger of uh, Bailey's Irish cream, shot of Jameson, shake and chill, pour it over the Guinness, let it mix itself, and let it do its own thing, okay. man, you know? Because right, right. you see it's kind of looking and then, curdly and, the top, and scary. The then on the top, just a little trickle of triple set, well, and here you have it. Up yeah. Hersh on Highway, Mark. Happy, uh, there you happy go. Happy 100th episode. Happy 100th episode. Yeah. yeah. Oh. It's very chocolatey, in a drinky sort of way. I'd like to give this to some children. <laughs> <laughs> they just, they find it refreshing. That's good. Sure. That's uh, refreshing. It's good to you. It's good for you. Here, man. Cheers. Cheers, indeed. Cheers yours again. looks different than mine for some reason. It's more. I poured yours more gently. And, oh, and it's, it's I see. Like, um, so, there you have it. Uh, and... Uh, well, Bill, here's to you yeah, and your you. contributions in the first hundred episodes, and I oh. hope we'll see a lot more of each other in season two. I've always wanted to ask you, how many, I mean, most networks, they have like 18 shows. Back in the day, there were 30 shows, but 100 episodes, you really bit off a lot. Well, I just, to me, it's just, um, you oh. know, everybody has, even in podcasting, their seasons, and they have six shows or 12 shows or what have you, and it seems so arbitrary because it's not... Never mind. Anyway, I'm sorry, uh, Bill, right? Bill, to you. Yeah, to me. To you. What 100 to episodes. Oh, See you in season two. Buddy. I was so ready for it. Can I sit down for <laughs> yes, a minute? Yes, please I'm do. Sorry. Sir. Yes, absolutely. I'm sorry. Absolutely. Just, Take uh, a load off. I just was so funny. <laughs> Take a oh, oh dear. Man, man. Not that hey, much wait a, a load. The room is kind of spinning here, <laughs> man. <laughs> Boozing with Bill. This this former president George W. Bush. <laughs> Congratulate Mark Hershon, Succotash, hundredth episode, and all that stuff like that. I'll leave you with the joke. <laughs> Two Irishmen walk out of a bar. It could happen. 
<laughs> Hello, Mark Hershon and Tyson Sainer, and congratulations on 100 big episodes of the Succotash Show. Uh, this is Stu from The Angry Chimp Show and What a Pair of Trousers. And uh, both of my podcasts got a, a very helpful leg up at the start. Uh, by being featured on Succotash Show. Well done, and um, you should be very proud of all the help you give to podcasters looking for a little, just a little help in this world. <laughs> oh, hang on, my friend wants to say something. Here, yeah, here, I second that. Our associate producer Tyson found us this clip from the Urban Mamas podcast out of Portland, Oregon, where Ray Ann Peel and Kelly Martinelli say via their website that they are out to change the world one swear jar at a time. Crammed into this clip are such topics as adoption, the aforementioned swear jars, and negotiating Halloween candy. Joining them is another mother, Sabrina Williamson. I like how it's like whether you adopt or have your own kids, it still comes back to your uterus. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> let's talk about your uterus. Mm-hmm. What are you going to yeah. do with that? What aren't you going to do with yeah. that? Are you done with that? Are you done with that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Take it or leave it for me. I don't Like, know. what? <laughs> oh, does that count? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, we can say. Oh. oh. Didn't we establish early on that we can say we anything that we our kids can say? My it. kids can't. Oh, they can't. Your kids say what the no, but I don't think oh. it's far away. <laughs> no. We <laughs> said sucks is okay. Sucks is okay. Crap is Crap okay. Is okay. Uh-uh. Yeah, uh-uh. Uh-uh. All right. Well, you got to throw I'll, something I'll do it. I got it. Okay. All right. This is so, good. This is good, guys. So, yeah. Um, yeah, but so whether you adopt or you have a baby, it's all mm-hmm. about your uterus and judged. what you're going to do no with it. No matter what you're doing. Right. I'm judging you. Oh yeah! Mm-hmm. Like oh my I god! Bet. I can't believe she birthed another baby. Or mm-hmm. oh my god, what's Dexter, wrong with them? Why should we have one? Yeah, yeah. No. yeah, exactly. For all of the parents of only children, you know, mm-hmm. and they get asked the question, "Well, when's your other one coming? Mm-hmm. Why did you only choose to have one?" You don't ever know somebody's backstory, yeah. and you know, there's so much assumption in those loaded questions. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it comes back to uterus. Uterus. <laughs> what are you doing with it? What's going on in there? Oh, taking up some space. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, that's all mine's doing. Just taking up space. Yeah. Aging and all feminine. Aging. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. It's aging. It's good. Um, can I ask you another question? Yeah, you got time. <clears throat> Halloween candy. Oh. How do you feel about it? I'm eating it. <laughs> all of it. <laughs> but only after 10 p.m. Right. Oh, I'll eat it right in front of him. Oh, oh no. Oh. No, I'm not that mean. I'm oh, kidding. Wow. He asked for some this morning and I was like, after school. Do you do you do the switch witch thing? I just heard about that and so I didn't. And now I don't know what well my son doesn't believe in any of that stuff. Okay, let me tell you. So I don't know. I have the solution. I figured it out last year and it's expensive but magical. Oh great. I know. So first you have to understand, like kids and candy, like they plan all year. And the whole holiday is around acquiring this vast amount of yes. sugar. So it's worth its weight in gold, essentially. Mm-hmm. So um, what we do now, because my kids don't believe in the Switch Witch or anything like that anymore either, I buy it from them. Yeah, I tell them I'm going to give you $15 for all of your candy, and then you get a dollar for each uh, additional full-size candy bar. 
or extremely large item. And then I, so then I pay them, which is usually between 20 and $25, depending on how good of a year it is each, but it's, it's expensive. I'm telling you it's expensive, but it's like, but so they clearly as big as Christmas. Like the value of money. Right. If, yeah. I, if I said, here's money, kids, they'd be like, great. And then they throw it on the floor and then they run off and start shooting darts. Yeah, so you have to other. find their currency. Right. My kids, it's just actual currency that yeah. works. So, Mine cause has, they want like, yeah. they want to buy, they're into music right now. So they want to buy music like crazy on okay. iTunes. So everything is translated like a dollar is a song, mm. you know, like they get really excited about we that. We have tech dollars. So he can earn time to play oh, his. Do that. So I could pay him in tech dollars. That's pretty smart. Totally. Because that, he, yeah, it's a problem. I well, just, then we just eat him. And then it's gone. And then I'm like, I don't, you guys, yeah. I can't believe you ate all that candy already. Yeah, I put it on the fridge and just kind of <laughs> take it down. See, I, I'll eat it the first couple of days and then I'm like, I can't, I don't feel good. <laughs> no, it's awful. I don't ever buy that stuff. I'm doing exactly what no. I don't want my kids to and do and feeling how I don't want them to feel. No. Yeah, Listen, no. We have one, we have a jar that we keep year round. So it's just, it's the dregs, you know, from the candy. And then once in a while, like they will ask, can we go get the candy jar? And you can pick a piece of candy. Sure. So I took the leftover Halloween candy from our trick or treaters and put it in the candy jar and it's nice and full. My kids weren't with me for Halloween this year. Um, and they just came home this morning and my daughter walks up to me with a giant bag sitting on the chair over there of candy, like filled to the top. I'm like, crap. (laughs) I, the candy jar is already filled. So that's like, that's our rule is we don't have any more than that in the house. And now we do. So I'm going to have to eat it all to disappear this morning or we'll have to go through and sort it and like combine it with the jar and can now get rid of the pieces that you Mm -hmm. don't want and because that's our capacity and that's going to last us through this whole year their home site is urbanmamas.com so track them down and give them a full-on listen won't you my name is michael kane and i want to say that shakatesh is the best podcast named shakatesh that's ever been done and congratulations to Mark Hushon and to the whole Shukatash family. And Merry Christmas. Hello, I'm Dr. Norman Trousers. And I'm River Zambezi. And we're from the Casimir Podcast. And we just wanted to say hello. And also to wish the wonderful, wonderful, wonderful Mr. Mark Hershon. And of course, the Shukatash Show. A very happy 100 episodes. 100. I know, that's pretty amazing. <laughs> We've literally just experienced, <laughs> we just celebrated our very first birthday. Birthday. Yeah, which is after one year of uh, podcasting. So the fact that Succotash has been over 100 episodes. It's quite astounding, really. It's pretty fucking amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so hopefully one day we'll get to our, our 100 episode milestone, probably in about maybe 15 years. 15 years, yeah. Um, so yeah, so well done, Mark. Um, and also to Tyson for, for helping out. Um, it's a wonderful, wonderful show. Um, uh, yeah, no, have an awesome, awesome, uh, celebration. Well done. Fair play. We got a 100th episode congrats message in the tweet sack from Mike Moore and the gang, Napier, Travis, and Drunk over at Wheelbarrow Full of Dicks. I love those guys. It reads, first off, congratulations on the milestone over there. 100 episodes is an impressive number. We appreciate all that you do. For your consideration, we recently debuted a new segment, a romantic zombie sitcom called Romance is Dead. The plot is simple. 
A fella has a family in a post-zombie apocalypse world who are all bitten and turned to zombies. He keeps them in the house because he doesn't want to let go of them. I know it's goofy, but we had fun making it and intend to make more. Hope you and your listeners enjoy it. Well, thanks for the congrats, gents, and here is that introductory taste of Romance is Dead. They say till death do us part, but it wasn't quite true. You weren't really dead, and I know I still loved you. Our kids were the same, just a shambling mess, only grunting and moaning and eating live flesh. I made you a vow, and I won't turn away. I'll stand by your side until my final day. I love our dead kids, and I did love you too. But if romance is dead, then I want to die too. Romance is Dead is filmed before a live studio audience. Honey, I'm home. I smell something cooking. Is it almost ready? What are we having? Let me guess. Brains again. You know, dear, I go out and work all day, and sometimes I just want to come home to a nice steak or something. I know I'm the minority, but I feel, as the breadwinner in the house, I'm the one bringing home the bacon. Maybe every now and again we can have some bacon? Hey, Mr. P. Oh, sure, Dunkleman. Let yourself in. Is Kelly home? Yes, Dunkleman. Kelly is always home. I was wondering if maybe it'd be alright if me and her just, like, watched a movie together sometime. I just got this awesome Japanese anime on Blu-ray in the mail that I think she'd really like. Dunkleman. I've told you once, I've told you a thousand times. Kelly's not interested in cartoons. She wants to rip you apart and eat your organs. You mean, you really think she touched me? Get out of here, you blockhead. Romance is Dead will be right back after a word from our sponsors. Want to hear more? Who wouldn't? Their home site is wfodicks.podbean.com, and you can download them all over the place, too, like on iTunes, etc. So thanks for the happy 100 Epi's message, too, guys. My name is Barack Obama, and I want to congratulate Succotash and Mark Hershon on reaching their 100th episode in the podcast that they do when they do. The conflation and the, the signature of Succotash as a podcast that would emphasize other podcasts, produced, directed, and starring Mark Hershon, is a situation geopolitically that our allies can get behind. And I think we can do a better job. But I don't know really what I'm talking about. That's what I do. Believe it or not, Succotash has gotten to 100 episodes without playing a single commercial from Squarespace, Nature Box, Cards Against Humanity, Dollar Shave Club, Sherry's Berries, Stamps.com, Adam and Eve, Audible.com, or any other paying advertisers. We've been able to do it all through several means. The Amazon banner at the top of our home site, SuccotashShow.com. Click on it, do your shopping at Amazon.com, and we get a taste of that sale. 
Our donate button found at the same site brings in a little bit of money, and our merch sales through the Succotashery, uh, that's also accessible at SuccotashShow.com. A little bit of change comes in from there. The main bulk, of course, comes from my own wallet. Uh, that's where most of the fundage comes from. So if you'd like to help make Season 2 of Succotash a rousing success, please consider donating through one of the options I mentioned. And if we ever do get a paying sponsor, I promise I will stop begging you for money. Speaking of which, this seems like a good time to hear from the one non-paying sponsor that's been with us from the start. Hello, friends. Bill Haywatt here with a question for you. Are you ready to celebrate? Yes! This is it, the 100th episode of Succotash. And Henderson's Pants has been proud to sponsor the first season of the Comedy Podcast podcast every step of the way. Now, in honor of the occasion... Henderson's Pants wanted to design a very special and limited run of what they're calling Centennial Pants. Old Man Henderson worked at coming up with something really unique in an effort to highlight this special occasion. After all, a podcast that is solely dedicated to celebrating the myriad of comedy podcasts available on today's internet truly deserves to be recognized in grand style. However... Everyone at Henderson's Pants is really quite busy keeping up with all of the other marvelous styles they produce. And, quite frankly, the amount of business being generated by the commercials they run on Psychotash, well, while impressive, uh, doesn't quite warrant the level of research and development required to produce a legitimately stylish garment. So, that being said, uh, instead, they've taken all the pants left over from some of Henderson's Pants' more bold yet failed designs over the years, every color, size, and shape of trouser imaginable, calling them Centennial Pants, and they piled them all into a giant shipping container, and then they painted Happy 100th Show on the sides, and they airdropped it into an empty field outside of Olathe, Kansas, the very heart of America's heartland. So... If you can find that container, you can help yourself to any old pair of Henderson Centennial Pants that happens to fit. Originally designed for podcasters, people who listen to podcasts, and people who don't understand what podcasting is, Henderson Centennial Pants can be found, as previously described, inside a shipping container outside Olathe, Kansas. That's Henderson's, makers of leg covers and butt warmers since 2175. <laughs> Happy 100th episode, Suckatown. Hey, everybody, it's your old pal, Podcast Dan from Taco Tuesday Podcast. And this is his co-host, Adam Wolf. We're calling in to Mark Hershon at the Succotash Show. And we want to congratulate you on your 100th episode. 100. Ep- that's like 100 weeks, isn't it? Well, if it's a weekly podcast, yeah. Well, if it was a monthly podcast, way... so it would be 100 months. 100 months. That's the way numbers work, Dan. Yeah. Well, they count up, not down. <laughs> hey, Mark, uh, congratulations. Best wishes to you. Uh, good luck. Good luck. Congratulations again. Thanks to Podcast Dan and Adam Wolf for their congratulations message. In return, how about a touch of Taco Tuesday right now? These guys do a real combo platter of stuff, tech, music, and comedy. And it's the only podcast that I know of so far booming out of Killeen, Texas. In this clip from their Epi 16, it goes back a bit to Thanksgiving time, they're talking about whether to brine a turkey or not and whether deviled eggs are better with Miracle Whip or Mayo. 
Well, did you have any turkey this week? Uh, I had uh, quite you a bit of turkey. I had a whole bunch of turkey. Yeah. Did you? I I was stuffed for like three days after. Nice. Yeah. Leftovers? Are you a leftover kind of fan? I like. Uh, we well, we traditionally go to my sister in law's house and then to my parents' house, and we usually don't have a lot of leftovers to bring home with us, so, right. which is a good thing because mm-hmm. uh, I would probably eat them all within twenty four hours of Thanksgiving, if even if it was a whole bunch of leftovers. Now, are you a traditional turkey kind of family? That turkey? What do you have? You know, besides this, this the the sides and the, is it a stuffing? Is it dressing? Kind of uh, it's, debate. Yeah, it's but, a traditional. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, my sister in law house her father-in-law uh every year cooks a turkey and a ham yeah that's uh and and then the ladies cook all the sides and stuff and i just run around and go to the store if i need to sure yeah um pick up belt bread i kind of prefer the ham just because the turkey is is, i mean i always get some turkey for the traditional part of it but uh the ham you know it's a little juicier and and to me a little uh has a little more flavor but you know you know what i learned a couple of years ago that that makes a difference on a turkey is uh, brining. You ever brined a turkey? I've, I've, uh, when we were overseas, I cooked a uh, turkey, uh, uh, you know, the few years that we were over there, but mm-hmm. I don't really, uh, I don't really do that anymore. So no, I have not brined a turkey. Is that just soaking it in, uh, like some marinade or something? Yeah, it's a, it's a salty solution, but you put some seasonings and some other stuff in there. Uh, what I've, I first bought it online. It was a container of a brine seasoning mix. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's like a, you know, a jug, it's a jar. Uh, it's, you know, 12, 16 ounces of, of seasonings. And I ordered online, you know, a few years ago, well, we've got a natural foods grocery up in temple. Mm-hmm. Cause we're kind of highfalutin like that. Yeah. So I was shopping there like I tend to want to do. And, uh, one time I saw it on the, on the shelf. So now I, now I buy my brine there. I don't have to send away for so it. So you're saying that creepy Uncle Dan likes to soak his turkey in a salty solution. <laughs> uh, no, you said it. No. Yeah. Uh, it was uh, – it changes the dimension of poultry when you brine. And I started with the turkey, and it really – I mean, it, the problem that you describe is, is one of the problems that I have when I eat fowl is that it really kind of tastes dry and – you know, you got to season the shit out of it to give it some taste or some flavor. I, I never seem to get it right. So when I brine my first turkey, it really locks in the juices. It's really crazy to say. You put it in the salty solution, salt water solution. It Uncle sits Dan's for salt water or salty solution on sale now. And you know, you let it sit for twelve hours or so. You take it out and then you you cook it your favorite way. And then it uh, it really locks in the flavor, really juicy, and, and it tastes real good. So. Uh, I've been brining ever since, but this year, like I've been doing as well, I uh, we, we fry our turkey. And that's one of the drawbacks of, of brining a turkey is it speeds up the cook time. Mm-hmm. So though my turkey was kind of juicy, it was a little overcooked because I, I really just didn't adjust for, for the brine, and it got done before I stopped cooking it. But I also do ham, and some people think it's weird that you do ham and turkey. Part of it is logistics. We had a lot of people at the yeah. house, so you know, one bird doesn't go, and you can only fit a certain size bird in a in a in a, in a turkey fryer as it is. It's like an eighteen pounder, is max. So you know, you got to have something to offset the the turkey. So a ham works really well. And, it's good to have variety as well. I think so. I do. I have. I I want your opinion on a debate. Uh, people that follow me on Facebook uh, probably read this over the uh, earlier this week, but. What is your opinion on deviled eggs, mayonnaise, or Miracle Whip? Uh, always. When I was growing up as a child, we, we never had mayonnaise in the house. 
And when I got married, my wife threw that shit out the window. And it was like, you know, it was like a cough with a North Star is I, I turned away from Miracle Whip when I got married, never to look back because the taste is so much different. I only cook with mayo. And I'm the cook of the family, by the way. I do all the cooking. So my, my deviled eggs is with mayo. My son-in-law doesn't like mayo at all. So I make him a mayonnaise Miracle Whip free, uh, egg, couple of eggs, which includes oil and, uh, and other seasonings. Do you so. brine those with your salty solution <laughs> yeah, as well? I should. I should. I see, because my wife asked me, we ran out of mayonnaise, and mm-hmm. she was going to the store. She asked if we could make deviled eggs with Miracle Whip. Right. And that was the first time I really questioned uh, my marriage, because <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I, I cannot do, I mean, deviled eggs are mayonnaise, just like uh, egg salad sandwiches, mayonnaise, but tuna salad is Miracle Whip. That's how you got to do it. Those boys have their podcast hosted over on Podbean, more specifically at tacotuesday.podbean.com. So go get you some Taco Tuesday, won't you? Sometimes the best way to lure in new listeners, as well as to make your show stand out from the crowd, is to give your podcast a highfalutin name. Seems to work for the Higher Learning Channel, out of New York City and hosted by Jinzilla and Matthew Sire. It's just a cover for another pop culture-based podcast, one which features, according to their home site, Weirdos Creatives Podcasters. In this clip from Epi 14, their guest is comic book creator Pat Riley, and they get into the art of drawing dicks. Yeah, dicks. But classy comic book dicks. Tell me, like, all the projects you've been doing lately, because I know you kind of bit of a jack-of-all-trades. Yeah, well, I'm a comedian, so I've been doing the last stand-up around the city and stuff. And then um, I, uh, I've been do I do a comic called Me. Uh-huh. It's a monthly comic. And it's about me writing a comic book about myself. Uh, writing a comic book about myself in a comic book about myself. Cool. Trying not to draw dicks. And uh, <laughs> and, and uh, yeah, and then I've been doing some other stuff. Like I did a little book called Boats, uh, which is Jaws for kids. And um, yeah, so I've been working on a bunch of things. So cool. uh, w- would you say that like? Uh both of your comic books are uh, child orientated, or oh no, not at all. Um, definitely not me because I draw dicks in it like constantly. Are they just like, like randomly I'm obsessed with drawing dicks? They're right? just like randomly placed in the. No, house? no. Like the first issue, the entire book is literally about like dicks, and then uh, and then like issue two, like I have my, I'm naked through most of it. Issue three, I'm mostly naked, and yeah, I just talk about uh, how I enjoy drawing dicks so much. <laughs> can so, you guys see me again yeah 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 so that's a dick oh co- wait so <laughs> is that like massive one is that like in is that that that's not gonna make an appearance in the comic book right no but uh my buddy um Nobo and i uh we put together this book of um uh of just a dick drawn by a bunch of different comic book artists some of them famous some of them not oh cool some of those kind of famous and, uh, yeah, we put together a whole book of it, of just different dicks and, like, different versions of dicks. Man, that, that's, uh, there's probably a really good title somewhere in the sky f- about, for that book. Oh, what, what we're going to call it is we're going to call <coughs> it the Big Book of Average-Looking Dicks. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. Tongs in the sky. Although I would think after you draw in, like, five, you're gonna, you want to start going excessive. You want to start drawing some not-average-looking dicks. Like oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, uh, I, I, drew a, I drew a Batman dick for it. Um, I did a, uh, I did a bunch of, a lot of dicks are like style, like dicks of like, like I did a dick of like Archie's dick. 
<laughs> I can imagine Archie would have like a little hashtag as his like pubes. Like it would barely even be any sort of pubes. Yeah, yeah. Well, no. Well, he he's growing pubes, so he's like the little sprouts. Oh, okay. Yeah. And this isn't gonna. This, this hasn't come out yet, right? This book of Dick. No, it hasn't come out yet because we're trying to figure out the like the logistics of just like, are we really gonna print this and put our own money into it, or is it something <laughs> we're gonna fucking just do for our friends? But then we have so many people. Like anytime we tell someone, like, hey, this is a thing we did for fun, they're like, oh, I'll buy one of those. And then, uh, so yeah, we're just trying to figure out like what what what's gonna happen. We are gonna somehow. It's somehow gonna be out in the world. We just don't know how yet. Just like do like a GoFundMe or something or yeah, something stupid, something like a Kickstarter. Like I try to do a Kickstarter. I'd like to see the video for that. It's just me and my dick, and that's it. We're just (laughs) (laughs) it's just it's just four straight minutes of a fat man and a Cuban just masturbating furiously into the camera, and then it ends on a musical number because that's how the best ones do. Should be like your night of chat roulette. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) How many uh, how many drawings do do y'all have now? Like, is there like Yeah, well, we have a whole notebook, and we have about 80. Okay, cool. That's pretty sick. (laughs) Yeah, and the thing is, out of those 80s, we're like, which ones do we want to put in there, which ones don't we? And also, we do have, like, a few famous people who drew dicks for it, like um, uh, Ramon Perez Mm -hmm. did one, Cena Grace. So, like... Hall of Fame. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, like people who I'm pretty sure don't want us putting their dicks everywhere, you know what I mean? Even though it's just a drawing. Yeah, it's weird. It's I don't know. Some I, I don't know why people are so. It's none of them are like threatening dicks. <laughs> like if it was a dick where I'm just like that looks like it's gonna hurt me. Then I'll be like yeah sure I don't want to so see like, it. There's like no like Hitler dicks. No, there's uh, actually four Hitler dicks. Oh my god, four. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> four, four different people did the Hitler dicks. Of course they would. <laughs> but see, yeah. I guess Hitler now Little is so Hitler. Hitler's such an older topic. You don't really feel threatened by a Hitler dick. Exactly. Like, Hitler Hitler's almost a joke now, which is crazy. Yeah, I can't imagine what the uh, threatening dicks would look like then uh, that you would come up with that wouldn't yeah, make exactly. a cut. Well, threatening dicks, I assume, would have a knife or a gun oh. and be like bulging, angry, like yeah, veiny like, and shaking, you. sweating. Yeah, I want like a like I drew <laughs> a, a Doug Benson dick. dick. Yeah, Hulk dick. A Hulk dick. I did a Hulk dick actually. <laughs> See, that'd be very threatening, I think. See, you would think that, and then you look at it, and you're like, "What the fuck's going on with this?" Oh, so you're not scared? You're more like, "Oh, that could save me." Yeah, exactly. He's like Good Hulk. No Greg Hulk dick. I grew a dream bulbous cock. That's what I did. Cool. Their home site is higherlearningchannel.com, and they like to interact with their listeners by answering your questions about anything. So check them out. I hate when the tweet sack goes for more than a couple of weeks because I have trouble tracking everyone who sent along messages or tweets or DMs or whatever. But I'll do the best I can to get through it in short order for this episode. First of all, a blanket thank you to everyone who sent along congratulations for reaching our 100th episode. Couldn't have done it without each and every one of you. And I'm especially thankful for those of you who take the extra time to get up to iTunes to rate and review us, or to give us a thumbs up on Stitcher, or to like our Facebook page, or even give us a heart on SoundCloud. And to those of you who tell your friends about the show, thanks so much for passing the succotash. I got a note recently from Bryant Flaherty, the host of the New Hollywood Podcast, asking my advice on strategy for dropping a special upcoming episode of his show. Happy to help out, Brian, and I'm not going to give anything away, but I am happy to answer questions from podcasters about such things anytime, so feel free to drop me a note at mark, M-A-R-C, at succotashshow.com. 
I got a note from Donalo Cicero, one of the filmmakers behind the Three Still Standing documentary and a past guest on Succotash. The movie is getting its first non-festival public debut at the upcoming San Francisco Sketch Fest on Thursday, January 29th at the Marines Memorial Theater in San Francisco. And the filmmakers, well, they've asked me to host the screening and the follow-up Q&A. I will be delighted. Our old friend Hob the Troll asked if I'd contribute some fun lines to his upcoming Hobbs Christmas Party podcast episode. So uh, I got Studio F uh, put back together just in time after my move and sent those off to him today. Also, Jeffrey Welchman, formerly of the Inverse Delirium podcast, invited me to voice a part for a new show he's working on. Can't reveal more at this time, no spoiler alerts, but I'm tickled to contribute, and there should be word forthcoming on that project soon. I feel like I'm missing a bunch of other messages, but things have been highly chaotic the past couple of weeks, so apologies, I will have a better handle on the tweet sack in Season 2, I promise. All right, here's a list of many of you who were nice enough to tweet, retweet, follow, DM, email, mention, or otherwise link your name to our name in the past couple of weeks. Lay71, The Big Cat, Salty Language Pod, Stitcher, Sloan Garrett, Gobsmacked, Ben Hindle, Mimi Toll, Chris Kinsman, Laura Sainer, Francisca, Amish Baby Machine, Monster Party, The Kimchi Chronicle, Vincent Bauscher, DAPF Pod Annalise, Mental Overload Show, Brett Goldstein, Nick Revel, Christine Blackburn, Phil Lernis, Eric Furness, Ed Wallach, Combat Radio, Angry Old Man Podcast, Hannah Russell Goodson, El Heno, Phil Sanderson, The Wrong Foot Podcast, Good Audience SF, Stefan Kutko, Elizabeth Chen, Davian Dent, Chuck and Sarah B, Shit's Legit, John Dredge, Andrew Carberry, Startup, Dan Delgado, Jeremy Newberger, Michael Coolidge, Aaron Brodkin, Ethan Behrman, Joe Klosik, Aaron O'Connor, Bob Zaney, Norman Lear, Kevin Bartini, Brit and American, Katie Robertson, Tony High, Illusionoid, Second City Toronto, Derek Adodo, Dr. Norman Trousers, and Schmuckman Zero. All right, so that's it for the Tweet Sack for Season 1. Our second burst of yours this episode has Will lining up the top 10 comedic news stories of the past year just for you. Hey guys, Will Durst here with your eagerly anticipated top 10 comedic news stories of 2014. Now please do not confuse these with the top 10 legitimate news stories of 2014. Nah, nah, they're as different as banjos and bullfrogs. There were quite a few events that lent themselves to humorosity-ness, and these are them. Number 10. The new study by German scientists suggesting that beer helps prevent prostate cancer. So let's stop calling them bars and start referring to them as what they are, clinics. Number nine, the Winter Olympics in Sochi. And the world is relieved when Vladimir Putin doesn't enter the triathlon by slapping on skis and shooting Ukrainian journalists shirtless. Number eight, the ice bucket challenges, which swept the country. Celebrities enjoy being seen as all wet during the summer. These days, not so much. Number seven, Toronto Mayor Rob Ford runs for re-election, but Torontoans refuse to give him another crack at it. Number six, 
Pope Francis says his theology is not in opposition to evolution. This guy really does look determined to drag the Catholic Church kicking and screaming into the latter half of the 19th century. Number five, Alaska, Oregon, and D.C. join Washington and Colorado in the legal marijuana club. Stock of Frito-Lay, the makers of Funyuns, and Cheetos skyrockets. Number four, Donald Sterling's racist comments, which result in a lifetime ban from the NBA. And many folks hope he lives to be 105 and is forced to bunk with Cliven Bundy. Number three, the Obamacare rollout. President said it could have gone smoother. You think? An anvil study with titanium spikes could have rolled smoother. Number two, Arizona debates Senate Bill 1062, which would legalize bigotry based on religious beliefs. The postal abbreviation AZ apparently stands for angry xenophobes. And yeah, xenophobe starts with an X, but they don't know that. And finally, the number one comedic news story of the year 2014, the midterm elections. Mitch McConnell says he wants to work with the president. Yeah, the same way a five-year-old with a magnifying glass wants to work with ants. For Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast, I'm Will Durst. Happy holidays, Will. Don't forget to catch Will as the ringmaster of the big fat year-end kiss-off comedy show, kicking off the day after Christmas through January 3rd. They'll be in nine cities at six comics. All the info is up on their big fat year-end kiss-off comedy show page on Facebook. Look for the link to that on our show page at SuckatashShow.com. Well, that's it. The End of Succotash, Season 1. 100 episodes presented in order and in their entirety. If you missed any, you should be able to dredge them up at our home site, SuccotashShow.com. You can also listen to them uh, through our Facebook page. You can get them on iTunes, of course, and on SoundCloud. Also, we're uh, repeated regularly over on Clutch and Wiggle Entertainment's uh, site, so look that up. Starting with episode 101, we switch to our new split format where shows will either be Succotash Clips or Succotash Chats, and with any luck at all, we'll be getting them out on a regular basis, I hope. Thanks so much for being part of our first season. Hope you stick around to see where we go next with the show, and please remember to pass the Succotash. You've been listening to Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast with your host, Mark Hershon. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants and... Imagine your company's name right here. Find us on the web at SuckatashShow.com, on iTunes, on Stitcher Smart Radio, and on SoundCloud. You can also hear us streaming and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Suckatash Show. Email us at marc at SuckatashShow.com. Or call into the Suckatash hotline at our non-toll-free call number, 818-921-7212. That number again is 818-921-7212. Suckatash is produced and engineered with the kind assistance of Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito, home of the hit. Our associate producer is Tyson Saner. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is Kenny Durges. Until next time, I am your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please pass the succotash. Goodbye.